Welcome back to another episode of our Life on Purpose podcast. We're here with some of our shepherds. It's uh, Shay and Jordan Brown, joined by Tommy McDonald and Alan DeJarnett. And we're glad that they're on uh, the podcast uh, with us for our church family. We've started a new series about some foundational beliefs uh, that our church uh, believes in and that we want to strive to know more about and be made uh, more equipped as as servants of God. And so we're here uh, with them to talk about the Holy Spirit and transformation as as a believer. And so we're excited to have them on, and we look forward to having our other shepherds who will be uh, uh, leading about forgiveness and freedom, the freedom we have in Christ. And so can one of y'all tell us the origin stories of how this these foundational classes came to be and why you, why you feel like they're important for our family to hear? Um, last spring, um, after I guess we were starting to evolve from COVID, and uh, we'd been praying for several years now for God to bring the people that he felt like it needed to be at Skyline um, to Skyline, and we've been blessed by a lot of new families. And we were talking about how important it would be for those new families to know who we are, to know um, our perspective on um, our spiritual mindset, um, and uh, to have an understanding that that at Skyline we are unique. There are a lot of freedoms. Uh, there are a lot of um, we we may do things a little bit differently. In, in ways, but we're still scripture-based. We, we're not deviating from scripture. We just feel like that um, scripture has given us uh, a lot of latitude to be able to accept people and love them, and I think that was the key thing. And that, that's where that came from. Uh, with the influx of people, we need to let them know, you know who we are and what we think. I think that's, you know, a great point. It it shows that our shepherds have a, a pulse on our, our family and they want to have a pulse on our family and what uh like you said our spiritual mindset is. I really love how you phrase that to to show like this is the the pulse, this is the mindset of our church family and we we're grateful that you our shepherds have that uh direction for our church family. One thing that I notice about the four um the four characteristics or lessons that we are studying about the foundations of Skyline is they're all based on Christ, you know, the freedom in Christ, the Holy Spirit through Christ. Like they're all focused back on Christ and back to the scriptures of Christ and not focused inwardly on what we can do, but what Christ does through us. That's, uh, that's real central to probably each of the four messages that will be heard in the classes is, um, is Christ in a way that's probably more important than we than our language usually expresses is that he is everything he is the mm-hmm. end he is the means um, and everything in between and so for him to be our focus is um, you know I'm thankful I think that's the spirit directing this is that mm-hmm. that uh, that is already the the, the face of this whole class section that we're doing, and um, and praise to him. We, we, we pray that he's glorified in this, and, and we honor him properly in this. Amen, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Tommy, tell us, um, 
what you want our church family to hear, what you've learned from uh, your study and your first two classes, got through the first two <laughs> with us uh, on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Alan alluded to a couple of things that I think are really, really important. Um, I, I think over the years uh, that I've been to Skyline, there hasn't been a lot of discussion and a lot of conversation about the Holy Spirit up until probably maybe in the last, I know, five years and definitely five years and maybe ten years. But uh, I, I do believe our eldership is spirit-led. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think any of us believe that we have the uh, intellect or <clears throat> spiritual uh, uh, elitism that would say this is what we're going to do. I believe we've we that's what we ask for. We pray and we ask the Spirit to intervene for us and lead us. And um, um, there are so many things, as I said in the class. Uh, we've got two weeks to do this, <laughs> and there we could we could do six months to a year on each of these topics. Mm -hmm. But some of the things I've learned, uh, one of the most interesting things, uh, several years ago, the elders. We read a book by Timothy Keller called King's Cross. Mm -hmm. And in that book, C.S. Lewis uh, talks about uh, the Holy Spirit. And he talks uh, about particularly going back to Genesis 1, where we encounter the Holy Spirit for the first time. He talks about how God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are all working together. And he used the words... Uh, uh, don't think irreverent of me, but he said it reminds me of a choreographed, flawless, perfectly flowing dance mm -hmm. where the Spirit, the Son, and the Father are all intermingled, working together. I, w I would go as far as to say, and for us today, when we accept Christ as our Savior and we receive the Holy Spirit, we're brought into that dance Absolutely. as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and as Alan said, uh, two of the most important things that I have found, number one, uh, the importance when Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to send you a helper, a comforter. Mm -hmm. uh, th they didn't know at the time how much they were going to need that uh, because of all the trials and persecutions and hardships and even death that they would face for following mm -hmm. him. So while he was gone, they would have the comforter. And one of the most important things the Comforter would do would bring this spirit of truth that Jesus had been teaching him for three years. And from that, his purpose was to continually uh, indwell, and I, I love Alan's word, abide in us yeah. to glorify Jesus Christ and the Father, but to focus on glorifying Jesus uh, in everything that we did. I, I just remember, I loved that part of your class when you talked about C.S. Lewis um, referring to it as a dance. And this might be just my rudimentary understanding, but I just think of it as God created the dance. Jesus is the reason we dance. And then the Holy Spirit comes to dance with us. You know, he's coming to dwell with us and abide with us and walk through, you know, all the flaws and all the, you know, highs and lows and, you know, like you said, comfort and, you know, be a part of the dance with us. I think you, um, you mentioned how 
you know, the, the apostles probably didn't know how much they would need, yeah. you know, this Holy Spirit, this comforter, this counselor. And uh, if we're thinking on the dance, just bear with me for a moment. We might edit this out. But uh, <laughs> I think about, you know, we have like, you know, middle school dances where all the boys are standing on one side, all the girls are standing on the other side, you know. And I feel like sometimes if we're if we're not tapping into the, the power and the comfort and the conviction the truth all the things that the holy spirit is that's kind of what our dance is like it's like we're standing over here on one side the holy spirit's over here and uh you kind of mentioned that that maybe in our spiritual lives or in our christian walks we haven't always experienced the holy spirit and uh we need to get in join in the in the waltz and uh be able to experience the holy spirit we definitely need to embrace that Mm -hmm. because um uh, that's why jesus said, I'm going to give you the wise counselor or the comforter. Mm-hmm. You're going to need it. Well, he told that to the disciples, but I think he tells us that today. Um, fortunately, at Skyline, I, I mean, our church family is is awesome about loving people and being there for them. I believe that's spirit-led. But to know that we can have the same power from the Holy Spirit, the same power that, that brought Jesus out of the tomb, yeah. On Resurrection Day is is mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something yeah. else I learned from that too. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the beautiful parts of Jesus's story is he came to say, you know, I'm going to perform these miracles and you know, show display my power, not to not just to put it on display, but to say you can be a part of this too. And the Holy Spirit <clears throat> equips us to be a part of the power of Jesus. One of the ways that we can learn about how the spirit works you know if we're if we're really learning about him and growing in him we can look at t- tommy said uh the love that we have in our in our church is is spirit led you mm-hmm. think well if you think about that you can't look at a group of people uh it, with a love like that and think that's just going to happen among a group of flesh oriented people that happens when the when the spirit of God is at work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so one of the ways that we can obs- observationally look and say, "Oh, that's that's how the spirit moves in us," is to say, "Could that be without the action of God among us? Mm-hmm. Could that be among a group of people who don't know that Jesus has redeemed them?" And you say, "No, nope, there's no way." Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see that, and you glorify him. You know? Yeah, and he brings all all different um, people together. I mean, backgrounds and journeys and uh, all differences, and it's all because of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So, Alan, tell us a little bit about uh, transformation and what that class looks like and what you've um, gotten out of that so far in your study. Well, um, for the purposes of this podcast, you know, it's kind of hard I'm sure Tommy feels this too. It's kind of hard <laughs> to condense things very well, or Absolutely. or even uh, you know do a little preview kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. it's hard, but I think the the launching off point was uh, the passage in um, uh, between in Romans eleven thirty three through uh, the first part of twelve, mm-hmm. um, where um, we read the part about uh, not being conformed to this world right after he says present your body as a living sacrifice Mm -hmm. he says don't be conformed 
which means to fashion oneself according to, to, to adhere to. Don't do that with the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that whole, that, that understanding what that means, transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, the, the transformed word is the same word that, that is the basis for metamorphosis. So we all kind of know, you know, everybody thinks immediately uh, of the, uh, the caterpillar and the moth, you know, that's mm-hmm. what you think of. But, but it is a complete change, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. And the renewing of your mind uh, has to do with not, not just the thought processes, but really, really that plus your whole perspective on how you see things and how you integrate things and translate things as you take them in. It's, it's more than just what do you think about something. Um, it's kind of the, the atmosphere you breathe or the water you swim in. You know, it's more than that. So Romans is telling us, the Lord is telling us there in that passage that, that, that there has to be a change in our perspective, it's a paradigm shift. It is a looking at the world with new set of eyes. You know, nothing less than that. Um, and it, the interesting thing is that that's really what repentance means. It means you change the way you think about, see, interpret, and feel about something. You change it. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes to Christ and they see him as he is, this process begins where the world doesn't even look the same anymore. People aren't the same. We no longer look at people like we did before. We look at them as image bearers of uh, the God who made them. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the, the starting point uh, of, of all of that. Um, and some people are transformed uh, from a life of just abject godliness. You know, they, they knew nothing of a God or a transcendent being. And then for others of us, it's from a life sitting in the pews. But our vision was not right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I love the passage where, where Jesus says, your eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, then your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad then everything in you is darkness. Then the light within you is darkness. Then how dark is that? Mm-hmm. You know. So if our vision is right, if our understanding is right, then everything changes. The, the world within us and around us is visible and knowable in its rightness, in its right way. So, um, so you think about that and, and you think, how, how many of us have spent most of our life with a sense that we're indebted to God or rather how many of us have spent our life feeling as though we're in love with God? Mm-hmm. Well, those are, those are two different perspectives. Those are two different ways to see, yeah. you know? Uh, and so if it, when you come to Jesus and you see him as he is and he reveals himself to you in his glory, you know, the Isaiah 6 thing that really should happen to all of us, then one of two things can happen. We can either, and this is the eye we see with, we can either see ourselves and see what we've done and look at how horrible I am. And, and some of that has to happen, yes. But if our, 
if our eye stays on self, uh, then I'll have to work at measuring up. Lord, I want you to do these things to me. Um, uh, look at all these things I've done. You can never love me. So the focus is all on self. Mm-hmm. The eye is all on self. Uh, and, and that person will never come to him and make their home with him. They'll never accept that. They don't go through the narrow door that Jesus has open and calling and, and go in with him and live with him and know him. Um, if, on the other hand, the, Jesus is revealing himself to you and, you and your focus falls on him, and you look at him on the cross and he says, I love you, and you feel this love for him welling in you, and you say, I can't believe you would do that. And he said, I, I, but I did. I've known you from the beginning. And, and your heart begins to change. And your focus becomes more and more on him. And then you make your home with him. You abide with him. And as you abide with him, you become like him. And as you become like him, you find your delight in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, he is your joy. He is your reward. Uh, and, and he is what you gain. You know, when you live with him and he becomes everything and you find your joy in him, he is your greatest delight, like David said in the Psalms, then you see yourself properly. Then you see other people properly and you live a transformed life. That's a transformed life. I think uh, I'm so glad we got both of y'all together (laughs) in this uh, episode, in this session, because I think like we mentioned at the beginning, the Holy Spirit and transformation go hand in hand because all the things that you're talking about, how we view Jesus, how we view ourselves in light of what Jesus has done, I mean, that is the entire work of the Holy Spirit to help guide us into the truth that Jesus is for us, he has chosen us, he's redeemed us. Uh, and I think not only the Holy Spirit as our our guide, but uh, you know, we kind of think of the word conviction and maybe a, a negative connotation in some some senses. But I think in this case, it's it's positive because the Holy Spirit wants to convict our minds that that we are chosen, we are redeemed, we are loved by a God, you know, who is so amazing. And so, uh, I just see so much help from the Helper, our Holy Spirit, to to uh, help bring about that transformation in our lives. I, to say something about that um, in some of the, my notes I had mm-hmm. that we'll call him, Jesus calls him the spirit of truth mm-hmm. and that the spirit of truth characterizes not only the spirit but it characterizes Jesus and it characterizes the father and it's that truth uh, that the spirit will bring by convicting people uh, and causing them to come to repentance to do what Alan said, to recognize I'm, I'm in sin. My life is in, in shambles. I need help. I think that's one of the most powerful roles the Spirit plays is, is that convicting, piercing our heart uh, and making us realize that we need to repent. And when that happens, we are transformed and our faith is, is renewed first. Then it's strengthened. And then we're able to live the lives that uh, God wants us to live 
and our lives are to be glorifying just like the Spirit, glorifying Jesus Christ in everything we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the lessons I feel like that I've had to learn recently and just throughout my journey um, with the Holy Spirit is I'm not convicted and transformed to be a better version of myself. I'm convicted and transformed to be made into the likeness of Jesus. So it's not about me being a better version of me. It's about me being a living sacrifice and putting myself to death so that Jesus can be shown through me. And I think that's hard for us to understand. That is so um, That is so central, though, because yeah. one of the things we talk, we, we talk about in the second lesson is what does it mean to deny yourself? We hear yeah. deny yourself, and we immediately think, well, these are things I've got to do without. Look how much I have. I need to... I need to give away more. I need to not. I feel, need to feel guilty about this life I have. Um, um, I've got to. Uh, it's all about, like you said, it's all about me. Yeah. And denying self, really, in its in its proper sense, is becoming so oriented towards Christ Absolutely. that your focus just leaves mm-hmm. self. It's. It's, a, it's almost like a byproduct yeah. of drawing yourself closer to him and becoming having your affections and your attention and your focus so much on him. It's not thinking less of yourself. Right. It's thinking of yourself less. Uh, that's, been, mm-hmm. that, that's been said. Mm-hmm. That's not my quote, and I forget right. where that comes from. But it's, but it's really uh, it, 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 is, it is central to what you just said, Jordan, that that we get so caught up in focusing on ourself and we think that's, and we do it in a religious way. Right. So we, we confuse that with being godly. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead, you know, we, the, the easiest way we do that is, um, is we look at what scripture says on our own without being with him and without our focus being on him. And we look at scripture and we say, well, look at what it says, and we we read what it says, and we think, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not doing that, I, I, I haven't seen that in myself, and whatever. So we come away condemned. Right. We're self-condemned. But Jesus is there telling us, look, I'm telling you, you are redeemed, you are pure, you are whole, you are sinless, you are with me, you are seated with me in the heavenly realms in Christ. Those are the reality. And so... Instead of looking at Scripture and saying, I've got to try not to sin. Why do you need to do that? Well, because the Bible says I'm supposed to be pure. So i got to try real hard not to sin, so I'll be pure. I say, I've got to try to be better. Why do you need to try to be better? Well, it says if I have the fruits of the Spirit, I'll be more patient, I'll be more joyful, I'll be more loving, I'll be more kind, I'll be more self-controlled. i got to be more self-controlled. i got to be more patient. And then we, we look at Scripture and says, I've got to try to do the impossible. Mm-hmm. And you say, why do you have to do the impossible? I say, well, in the Sermon on the Mount, it says, I can't look at her and think those things. I might as well sleep with her. I can't be mad at him and think those things. I might as well just pull the trigger. You know, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to love people I can't stand. I got, I've got to do the impossible. So I've got to work harder. I've got to do these things that I don't have any. And you look at your life and you think, I, I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. And the worst part is we say, I've got to try to love more. I've got to try to be, have unconditional love for everybody. And, 
And I've never, if, if you're not doing that in the presence of Jesus with the spirit of Christ and your attention on him and your focus on him, then you're, you're condemned. If you do that in him, all of those things become part of your life. The spirit, the living spirit of Christ brings those things we're trying to do it backwards. We're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish all those things so we can get to him. Right. He's saying, I'm in you and with you. These things will become who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know Tommy probably wants to mention because, you know, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, it says the, the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Spirit. It's not anything I can do. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so... We are doing it backwards if we're doing it that way. I've got to do this. I've got to love. I've got to have self-control, patience, kindness. Those are, I can't produce those. I can only produce those through the Spirit uh, within me. And so, I mean, there he goes again, just uh, (laughs) connecting these two thoughts uh, together. Do you have anything else about the fruit? Uh, You you listened well in my class. (laughs) A plus. It was only, you know, a couple days ago. Shay, you and Jordan did well. But, (laughs) yes, that's, and I think that, uh, I think that's where Satan likes to very subtly and craftily, craftily, or whatever the word is there, mm-hmm. uh, eases in and does what Alan's talking about. He, he tries to convince us that it's, we're the ones that have to do it. Mm-hmm. We're the ones. But it's, that's exactly the opposite. That's why Jesus told the disciples, I've, I've got to send the Spirit so you can... Um, um, understand and know uh, who I am and, and what I need from you and that nothing that you do, all of your works only happen because the Spirit has led you to do them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's that's vital for us today to have that union with Christ and have that understanding that uh, it, we're here. You, you show us what you want, then we do what what you want, not what we think we have to do mm-hmm. to achieve that. Yeah, one of the big areas that what you're talking about and what I'm talking about overlap greatly is is if you if you look at scripture, I think the word Christian or or a, uh, a form of that is used maybe four times. Mm-hmm. But if you look at verses like Christ in you, the hope of glory. Or Christ, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, that you may be filled with all the fullness of Christ, and you have been filled with him. Or not I, but Christ who lives in me. Or we know that he makes his home in us. Or on and on and on. If you look at all of the references in Scripture to, to the indwelling Spirit of Christ and our indwelling, our dwelling with him, it's almost 200 times. It is, Scripture is saturated with a concept of, of being in Christ and Him being in us. But how often do we stop and think, what, what does that mean in my living my day? What does it mean to be in Christ or to have His Spirit in me? Um, Maybe it's because that's kind of, it, there's hard to, there's, for some reason that's hard for us to grasp. And I don't know, maybe Satan, that's one of the ways Satan works, is yeah. to confuse us about that. That's but, what we need, yeah. But, but, but that is, that's the centerpiece of everything. Christ in us 
That's why he came. Mm -hmm. That's the very reason he came, was to restore heaven in us now, mm -hmm. not sometime later. Right. And so focusing on what that means, making that reality in us, in ourselves, in our lives, that's nothing comes before that and nothing goes beyond that. What do you want our church family to get out of these uh, these truths uh, from the, the work of the Holy Spirit. What do, what do you want our church family to to gather and um, to know and understand and uh, about the Holy Spirit in their lives? Well, uh, in John fourteen, uh, Jesus uh, tells his disciples, "If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching." And when we when we do that, and in John sixteen, he says the same thing again. If you love me and obey me, you will, you'll obey my commands, and I will send the counselor to you. And I think that the reason he kept telling the disciples this is so two things. Number one, so they would not go astray, because when he left, uh, the persecution was going to begin for them. And I think that's true for us today. We're not so much persecuted, but I think the world is trying to pull us out of the light and Alan said into the darkness that number one that we would the spirit living in us would keep us from going astray and secondly to keep us from abandoning our fa uh, abandoning our faith mm -hmm. when we find ourselves in hardships and trials and difficulty because we all have hardships and difficulties to overcome mm -hmm. um, to me one of the most important things uh, is is the importance of um, the Spirit convicting us uh, to live the life that Christ wanted us to live. And when we live that life and we're transformed, like Alan's teaching about and talking about, we're, we're going we're gonna to produce fruit. And um, in a couple of commentaries I read, it broke the, the nine fruit out into three segments. Uh, and how they were based, mm -hmm. uh, how we apply those, and just briefly, the first three, love, joy, and peace, uh, it says that those were habits of our mind, mm -hmm. and uh, the source of that is, is from God. And, and if you think about it, when you start talking about all this, God, Jesus, the Spirit, us, you go back to that dance and how that, how that works. Uh, the third, the third set, patience, kindness, and goodness. Those are, those are ways that we can reach out to others. Um, and they're built on the foundation of love, joy, and peace. So if we have that mindset of reaching out and taking care of others, and we build it on the foundation of loving people, sharing that joy, and providing peace, and understanding God's peace, then we're going to be successful. The last three, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control they the spirit tends to use those to guide just our overall general conduct in how we live our lives every day mm -hmm. and i think we forget that um that not just when we're here at church but wherever we are um we need to be showing that fruit not in a arrogant or I've arrived way, but more of a, a humble, um, loving, caring way, just as Christ continues to 
to love and care for us. Um, I have a question, and you might not have an answer for this. I'm just throwing it out there. But, you know, we talk about how our church family and our eldership are they're spirit-led, and they respond to the Spirit's promptings. How do you discern, you know, personally, when you're being prompted by the Spirit as opposed to listening to your own voice? A couple of things. Number one, when we feel that prompting by the Spirit, <clears throat> I think we need to immerse ourselves uh, uh, in continuous prayer, asking God, give me discernment, give me clarity on this, uh, just pray without ceasing. I think, secondly, I think it's important to, to stay in the Word and read and see what God's telling us there, but I think it's really, really important to do what we have here at Skyline, and that's to surround yourself Within, with God-loving people that you know they love you, they want the best for you, they're not trying to flatter you or butter you up and tell you what you want to hear, but they're going to be open and honest. And I think if you do those three things, uh, you, you're going to have a pretty good compass about what's truth, what's deception from yeah. the evil one. That's beautiful. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that's that's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. And then once you, when you live like that, when you do what Tommy just said, you and you and you have experience with with the Spirit of Christ, when you know Him and you know Him more and more as you live, then then your awareness of when He's speaking becomes yeah. clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have a history with Him, of Him moving you and you responding to him and you see the result of that it's just like uh, uh, Tommy knows full well uh, when Martha wants something or wants to communicate something it, it's not a question to him mm -hmm. uh, because he knows her yeah. and he knows her in a way that he doesn't know anybody else and I and uh, and when we know the Lord like that and we have experience with him moving us and changing us and and showing us decision and, and we we know we ask him for things and we expect we, we become expectant the elders are constantly talking about when we get together and and we're deciding things we're constantly talking about how because we have been the recipients over and over and over again of the guidance of the of the living god with us the the spirit of god with us then it's gotten to where we, we ask for things, even big things, and we know we walk away and know that uh, we have this expectation of what God's going to do. Mm -hmm. There's no fear. There's no wondering. There's no arguing or anything like that. It's just, okay, it's mm -hmm. coming. He's going he's gonna to do it again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, we talk a lot about just not taking that for granted. Mm -hmm. you know, we've That's gotten right. so accustomed to that. He's been so gracious to us. Yeah. Uh, that we don't want to take that for granted. One, one other thing to add to that. Um, I think you look at one of the roles of the Spirit is, is to convict us. Yes. And I think when we're trying to discern uh, and put an answer to your question, Jordan, I think if we will be still and, and find a quiet place and, and push out all the noise and listen to the Spirit, um, the Spirit will convict us, and 
it's just like anything. It's like a sport. If you've done that, if I've hit 10,000 forehands down the line, that muscle memory is going to say, we're going down the line, one foot in, three feet from the baseline. Our hearts and our minds are going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But, but that's, a, that's an exercise that we need to do every single day. Let him convict us. Yeah. There's a verse I was shown <clears throat> recently, and I don't think I've ever really thought about it before, but Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So I think we just have to listen to the voice, and he's faithful, and he's kind to us, and he will reveal his voice to us if we if we really listen. Absolutely. And life with him, when we're convicted, that the, the conviction of the spirit doesn't doesn't leave us in guilt and shame. Guilt right. guilt and shame are good indicators, but they'll never set you free. Amen. Yeah. Uh, the the truth about Jesus and the truth about you. What is the truth about you? Uh, you, that he rescued you from the dominion of darkness. The truth about you is that he made you his son and his daughter. The truth about you is that is that uh, he made us pure and holy and blameless before him. And the truth about you is, and him is that you live in peace with God through Jesus Christ. Those are the truths, and those will set you free. Mm -hmm. So the guilt and shame bring us to him in his love and graciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, if we if we live in guilt and shame, then our focus is not on him; yeah. it's on us. Um, uh, but but the convicting just is brings us back; it repents us back to him to focus on him. Yeah. That's the key. But what should we take away? What should our church family know and understand about living a transformed life or being transformed in Christ from? Uh, this foundation study, what is what is the, the main thing that you want our church family to hear? It's interesting when you look at Scripture and man's dealing with God through the history of man's dealing with God, it's, it's, it almost always seems like there's God in the midst of them and they behave as though he's not anywhere around. Mm -hmm. And and modern-day Christians can do the very same thing, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and... And, and it, it, it kills me reading those parts in Scripture where, where, where God, the God of the Old Testament, God in the Old Testament, and God in the New Testament, as, as, as shown in Jesus, gets exasperated with the people. We, we don't want to exasperate Jesus because of our bad vision and our missing him. He's standing there right with us. And we're griping about, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Why There's no water here. What's going on? We were better off as slaves. And he has revealed himself in these powerful, amazing truths where he's looking us right in the face like he did uh, the Pharisee that said, what, you don't wash your hands? You know? And he says, you fool. You fool. Here I am. Mm -hmm. the, the, one you, the one you live for. We don't want to be, we don't want to be fools when he's right in our midst. We want to embrace everything he says about himself. Um, uh, one of the things we said Sunday was, what if you, what if you wake up and you know that he has made you righteous? Not, not that you try to be righteous, but that you know that you're blameless. 
and you know that he's with you. You know you are forgiven, clean, holy. He's living with you because he said that. If he said it, it's truth. Wouldn't it be great to start your day like that, to set your awareness on him, mm -hmm. on his promises to you, his great and precious promises like Second Peter says, on what he has done instead of what we've done or what we're going to try to do, and to believe what he says about us. You know, we're told to believe him. We need to believe what he says. And to take that as truth, if, if we live like that, then where is guilt? Where is shame? Where is low self-esteem? Where is being self-oriented? It's gone. It's gone. And so that's the transformed life. I've, I gotta, I've got to go back to Psalm 90. Um, and the group Shane and Shane sings a song called, Satis I think, Satisfy or Satisfied or something. But the psalmist writes, Satisfy me with your love in the, in the morning. Uh, and the song goes, you know, before I can get through my day and I forget, satisfy me in the morning with your love and with your promises. Because if I don't, if I'm not reminded first thing in the morning when I wake up, before the sun comes up, satisfy me with your love. Because like you're saying, if I'm, if I don't remember that and have that called to my mind, it's easy. I mean, the, that Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days and they already forgotten one to, you know, build a golden calf. Mm -hmm. And he was days, maybe hours from coming down the mountain and they had to go, you know, build. And so I just I love calling that scripture to mind and hearing that song is, you know, I, I need that reminder every morning before the sun even comes up for a feet hit the floor. I've got to be reminded. And I think living a transformed life brings us to that, um, that habit in our life of, of that, of understanding that and knowing that each morning. In conclusion, to tie into that, mm -hmm. I, I think we need to be reminded, uh, just like the disciples were, that it's only through the work of the Holy Spirit uh, living in us that we can be re brought to repentance and we can be transformed and, and we can be led to that that uh, faith that's just not going to waver mm -hmm. because I think too many times Satan wants us to believe it's our good works that are going to elevate our status with God but that's not it at all the spirit's telling the spirit of truth is telling us it's the work that Jesus did on that cross and um, when we um, the Holy Spirit enables us to live out the Christian life because, number one, we have a desire to love Jesus, and secondly, we're willing to be obedient to what he's asking of us. And when we do that and our faith is strengthened and we're constantly striving to glorify God the Father and God the Son, um, participating in that dance again, then we get where Alan's talking about, then we're transformed. And God receives the glory. We receive the peace and the joy. And those around us are blessed by the fruit that we produce from that. Any other thoughts or anything else that we missed or that you want to share before we, before we end? 
No, the only other thing I'd, I would want to say about all this that we've talked about is, is uh, to urge every one of us to ask for these things. Mm -hmm. Let these be our prayers, you know, not just very much for ourselves, but also for each other. You know, one of the dreams I have is that we, is that one of these days we're going to have four corners and every prayer in those three song during those three songs is to ask God for more of this, for more of him, uh, uh, for, for greater wisdom and understanding of these things and to know the truths as he stated them clearly to us so they'll change us. Mm -hmm. uh, we ask for these things. He's going to give them to us in abundance. He's, that's, he says. Uh, and we need, to, we need to pursue that. Well, I think a great way to end this podcast would be asking if you would uh, pray for those four things in our, in our lives, in our church family's lives, for the understanding of the freedom of Christ, forgiveness, the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that same power that rose Jesus from the dead, and then the, the ability to live a transformed life. If you'd close us out in prayer, we'd, we'd love that. I want to pray that, uh, pray that from Scripture, uh, if I may. Please. One of the things that, uh, that David says in Psalm 43 is, is he says to God, send me your light and your truth uh, so that they will, they will bring me to your holy mountain. It's his light and his truth that bring us to him. And so we're going to pray those, pray those things. Mm -hmm. Lord, we do ask for each one of our of us sitting here and for our entire church family and and truly Lord because you are so awesome and great and and so and you transcend all things we'll ask this for your church worldwide Lord that every one of us will will not be conformed to this world uh, that we will we will not have the eye that the world has, but we will see you as you are and be filled with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Please fill us, Lord. And do this so that we may lead lives worthy of you, fully pleasing to you, and bearing fruit in every good work and growing in our knowledge of you. God, let us do that, please. And may we be made strong in all the strength that comes from your glorious power so that we'll be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to you who has enabled us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Lord, this, this prayer, we ask you to make it uh, real and alive and, and happening in each one of us, please, for your sake, for the, for the sake of your holy name. Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us as we seek to know more of God's purpose for our lives. The Life on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Skyline Church of Christ in Jackson, Tennessee. Visit SkylineChurch.com to learn more about us. Thanks for listening.